0: Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry.
1: to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother,
0: the Deja Feudalist,
1: Matthew Henry.
0: How you doing, Matthew? Deja Feudalist. I feel like you made this up, but I'm going to break this down. Okay, so right. like déjà vu, like something that happens, like you have the feeling that you've seen this before, that it happened That's again.
1: That's right. It feels like you're repeating it, or you, you've already done it.
0: And feudalist mm-hmm. is like you know just uh, that, that meaningless. Like it just there's no there's no way of 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 overcoming something. So yeah, I'm gonna, no
1: matter how what how hard you try, you're gonna fail. Like yes.
0: it's just or or like you're gonna lose. So déjà feudalist is someone who experiences a sense. of of repetition or familiarity while with futile or meaningless actions so that's right so so you're saying that wow this off season is looking very similar to years past mm-hmm. we are being uh, it is a deja feudalist no matthew i'm saying you're a giants fan that's what i'm saying <laughs> we're all deja feudalists aren't we
1: that's right. We're all déjà feudalists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Giants fans! I, yeah, those of you who are tuning in today, I just want you to know that I I feel you. You know, like people are reaching out to me on Twitter asking what they should drink after Otani chose the hated Dodgers, and my answer really was overproof bourbon with a splash of water because you want to feel numb quickly. Right and uh, <laughs> and I almost I, I I'm I'm actually there today. Like I have actually already drinking the cocktail that I was supposed to bring today. I've drinking drinking. Drinkin'. You drank. I've drank. Yeah. Uh, and so now I have switched to the overproof bourbon with a splash of water, and uh, because it's just been <laughs> that kind of week, Ben.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Giants fans. I don't know how many of you are in my camp who listen to the show. Like, I really don't, right? And also, you know, I, I'm playing a role. You know, there's two roles out there. There's the ones, that the true believers who always have the hope. That's Matthew. And then there's the cynicists, or as I like to call them, the realists, who who <laughs> look at the actual results and say, you know what? Hey, uh, this team is a below 500 team over the last two seasons and really doesn't have any sign of improving, and uh, and isn't very good at uh, signing free agents. And uh, that has been shown repeatedly, year over year, and, and that's who we are. So, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, I told you so.
0: Yeah, yeah, you told us so. But, you know, you realists didn't predict 107 wins a few years either. So, you know, you just never know, okay? You know, that's why that's why fans like me have hope because you never know. Each year is a new year. You could catch lightning in a bottle. Things line up. You know, guys that you signed a couple years ago suddenly bounce back a year later than you hoped. Uh, things can happen, Ben. Things can that's happen. That's
1: true. I will, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. Things can happen. Things can happen. You could have things bounce back. You know, uh, Farhan is very good at pulling, you know, trash off the garbage heap and and squeezing wins out of it. And so certainly that could happen. But let me ask you a question, Matthew. Okay. Do you think that the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win the division next year? Yes or no? Yes. And would you have made that same guess last year? Yes. And would you have made that same guess out of all of the other seasons for the last ten seasons? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, on the one hand, yes, you're right. Anything can happen, but it is also possible to build a team that is a per- perpetual winner.
0: But but how many how many World Series have they won, Ben? And you know, so I just you know, how many World Series with, have the, the, with Giants the playoffs won in the, the last way they are years? now, you don't need to win the division. To win the World no, Series. We've I definitely agree.
1: I definitely agree. And we're definitely going to get into that that is for sure. We're definitely going to get into that debate because you—that that is that is the silver lining here, folks. Yes, Shohei Otani is going to the Dodgers, but it's kind of like we knew that anyway. I mean, that's my point. Like, I'm not bent out of shape. The sky is not falling for me because I never thought the Giants were going to get Otani in the first place. And secondly, I kind of knew he was going to the Dodgers, just like everybody else did. So this isn't This isn't the disaster that everybody seems to be making it out to be, especially considering the way that the playoffs work. And also, also, the Dodgers rotation sucks. It's awful. And, 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 And you need a good pitching staff to win in the playoffs as they demonstrated. Right. Like Kelly and Gallen beat them. Because they were throwing trash out there. And, like, I don't care how many guys that you get that can hit the snot out of the ball. But at least for next year, nobody that you've signed so far is going to make your rotation better. So, like, I don't think this is the disaster that it's been made out to be. Right? It sucks that Otani's a Dodger. But it's not a disaster. But I have a question for you, Matthew, that is sort of relevant to that. Okay. Matthew. Yes. If you only had one moment, mm-hmm. one shot, one opportunity mm-hmm. to prove yourself,
0: could you sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto? Ooh. Wow, putting me in that position. I mean, my, my palms are sweaty, my knees are weak. <laughs> Mm-hmm. My arms are heavy. Gosh, there's yeah. there's vomit on my sweater already. <laughs> I think it's mom's already? spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> y- yeah, I I don't know. I don't think I could sign Yamamoto. Like I I I would I would. Uh, it's good, good. I would give it the best shot. I show him all the money, you know. But there are a lot of things beyond that, and and I just don't know if just showing him a a lot of cash is is what would take to sign. Because although I will say. Signing a pitcher like Yamamoto is probably easier sell than selling, than trying to sign a left-handed slugger like Otani, particularly when you're looking at uh, Oracle Park. And right. so, you know, gosh, now that I'm talking to myself, sure, yeah, I could sign Otani, or I mean Yamamoto, yeah. I could sign him. Yeah. yeah, I knew you, I knew, because you're an optimist, you believe in yourself. I do, but, and, but and I'm a nice guy, and uh, I'm personable, yeah. and I could uh, convince our ownership to sell him to pay a yeah. lot of money, and, and you know, it's not like we haven't done that before, you know, we've signed uh, Barry Zito a decade plus ago, right, and so, you know, and we we spent a sh- crap load of money on that guy, so we overpaid this that
1: dude. Totally. We overpaid that dude, that's totally, for sure, and you
0: know, so I, and, yeah, we could do this again.
1: Yeah, and that was a stupid contract until it wasn't. Until it, was it wasn't World right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: At so, least one World Series is attributed to that contract, and I think that's all you want, right? That's, that's all enough. you want. Yeah.
1: The Barry Zito contract, in retrospect, brilliant, brilliant. You know, they got a World Series out of it. I mean, it was one game, but that you know, who cares? Who cares? Well, anyway, today. It's Sunday, December 10th, as we record this podcast. (sighs) I mean, what, folks, you don't need me to tell you what's happened. Shohei Otani, the arguably the most important free agent in Major League Baseball history, finally made his decision and chose the Los Angeles Dodgers to spend the next 10 years of his career with for $700 million. And not only that, but he deferred that money, demonstrating that it probably wasn't just about the money. Right, Because the Giants could have probably done a contract opposite of that. The Giants could have afforded $700 million. Now, I know a lot of people listening to the show are like, they never should have done that. And hey, you won, you're right, they didn't. But my point is is that the Giants could have given him that contract, and they could have front-loaded it. They could have given him that cash today, when it's worth more. But they didn't, because he probably didn't want it because he didn't want to be a giant. He wanted to be a Dodger. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, like, why did Shohei Otani choose the Los Angeles Dodgers over the San Francisco Giants? And I know he chose the Dodgers over everybody else. But who cares about everybody else? We only care about the Giants. And quite frankly, we wish he had chosen somebody else other than the Dodgers, because choosing the Dodgers is just an extra like salt in our wounds. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about why did Otani make this decision and what led to this decision. And we're also going to talk about, you know, whatever. You know, you, you can't dwell on your jilted, you know, your, your ex-lovers. Right. The people that jilted you. Not that he was an ex-lover. Like this was a guy that we doted on that just did not, you know, he gave us a fake number. Just like Aaron Judge. Excuse me, Arson Judge. <laughs> but anyway, before we get into all of that, and we're, we're, we're going to talk about sorry, we are going to talk about how do we salvage this? How do the Giants get back on track and still create a winning roster for 2024? And then what happens if they don't? Maybe we'll talk about that. Or maybe we'll talk about that next week. But before we do any of that, Matthew, we need a trivia question.
0: So today's trivia question is about free agents. So on December 29, 2006, the Giants signed this free agent pitcher who some pundits declare one of the worst free agent signings of all time. Who? is it. And the reason I bring this up is because uh free agency is a fickle friend, Ben. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes they deliver, but frankly, more often than not they don't meet expectations. You're paying for their past performance and not their future performance. And and the Giants have uh, have seen that firsthand, and so that is the question today. What free agent pitcher signed on December 29, 2006? And could be one of the worst free agent signings of all time.
1: He signed with the Giants? Yes. Or he signed with, oh, well, I. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> oops. Uh, oops. But you know what my answer is, Matthew? I didn't hear you. You said Dodgers. And the answer is Shohei Otani, worst free agent signing in history. Could be. Just you watch. Just could you watch. Be.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the funny thing, right? Because he could never pitch again, right? Like, what That's if he right. never pitches again? And uh, and then all of a sudden, his power starts to wane as he gets a little bit older, right? And then he becomes this really expensive version of Albert Pujols. And, right. you know, so that could happen. I God. hope it happens. I really do.
1: I hope that happens because I'm a horrible person and I don't care. <laughs> I hope that happens. I hope that they're paying him $100 million a year Five years from now and he plays, you know, 30 games and not because he's hurt, but just because he sucks. That's I kinda, what I hope.
0: I kind of hope that this deferred money is like the Bobby Bonilla money. Like, you know, like, like 50 years later, we'll be like, hey, Shohei Otani yeah. just got paid another $10 million or whatever. You know, I think that would be kind of funny.
1: Uh, I mean, it would be funny, but no, this has got to count against their luxury tax at some point. Oh, that's true. Because they're yeah. dodging the tax.
0: They are. This is kind of a, th- yeah. this is an interesting way to kind of get around that whole uh, yeah. luxury tax. Dodgers.
1: Dodgers. Just there you go. Rich people dodging their taxes again.
0: Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Well, thank you, Bob. Thanks for keeping us on track. You're right. It's time to talk uh, cocktails. Uh, whose turn is it to go first, Bob? What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. Thanks. Uh, well, you know, I was drinking the gingerbread old-fashioned. Uh, but frankly, um, I couldn't. I, I was so miserable that I I kind of drank it as we were preparing for the podcast. And so if I were drinking that, though, it would be two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of gingerbread syrup, two dashes of orange bitters, and an orange peel for garnish. And you're going to take those three ingredients, first three ingredients, and you're going to stir them in a mixing glass with ice until it's well chilled, about 30 seconds. And then you're going to strain it into a rocks glass with a fresh big chunk of ice, and then you're going to express some orange peel oil over the drink and drop your peel in as a garnish, and it is a lovely drink. And if you go to our our, uh, show notes of last week's episode, you can find the recipe not only for the drink, but also for the gingerbread syrup. So that's what I was drinking. Now I'm drinking overproof bourbon and a splash of water because that's that's just where we're at right now. That's what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yeah, it was. Now I'm just, uh, you know, kind of drowning it's just my booze, sorrows. Bob. Yeah, he's just, just, he's just, just booze. drinking
1: straight booze.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Ben?
1: Oh, right, Bob. Yes, Bob. Uh, today I am drinking a cocktail, a Ben Original that I am calling the Gin Botanica. And what is in a Gin Botanica? Well, it has one and a half ounces of gin. One ounce of Dom Benedictine, two spritzes of rosemary tincture, and then four ounces, give or take, of club soda and a rosemary sprig for garnish. To make the gin botanica, you spray an empty highball glass with your rosemary tincture. You fill it to the top with ice, and then you add the gin and Benedictine, and then you top it with club soda. Next, you take a bar spoon and you very carefully slide that into the bottom of your glass and gently pull it up once or twice to disperse the spirits with the club soda. If you want to know how to make a rosemary tincture, then you need to listen to last Thursday's episode, where we also give an excellent tip on how to care for your bubbles. Because that is very important. Anyway, Bob, that's what I'm drinking today. The Gin Botanica.
0: Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. Yeah, Bob, I've actually had it. It, it is pretty tasty. It, it is. Um, it it's really goes down easy. Easy to swallow. Unlike Otani signing with the Dodgers. Not so easy. To swallow.
1: No, that doesn't go down easy, does it?
0: No. Uh, and it's really just kind of the worst nightmare. And and let's recap a little bit over the, the the last few days because, you know, it was almost like we had some arson judge moments. But it wasn't <laughs> us, right? No, it was we, the, we Toronto didn't have arson, no, the Toronto Blue Jays fans that were experiencing. Toronto Blue Jays
1: really had some arson judge moments. And you know what? Otani's a better player than arson judge. Well, I mean, arson judge is a fictional character, but you know what I mean.
0: And and the funny thing is is that there were guys on Twitter that were actually following private jets leaving LA, right? And and so so like like there was one that was due leaving uh John Wayne that was coming into San Francisco. So, you know, a lot of Giants fans were following that plane. And then there was a plane leaving, I guess, LA that was heading to Toronto. And everybody was like, that's Otani, and he's heading there. And even one of the Big sports writer, Twitter pundit dudes was all like, Yeah, he's heading to Uh, uh, Toronto.
1: John Morosi, who works for the MLB network. We got to out these people. Yeah, I forgot which one it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like Heyman from last year, you know, Morosi is the one who screwed all of Canada. John (laughs) Morosi. Never forget the name, Canada. John Morosi is the investigative reporter who just took some, you know, 13 year old's word for it who follows some websites and knows how to like read them. Well, and, and then, then the funny reported thing is it's,
0: it's Mr. like Shark Tank like billionaire that was actually on his way to, to Toronto.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Congrats, Toronto. You just signed a 60-year-old white male billionaire. So it's funny actually if you go to his twitter pH.
0: account if you go to his twitter account he has a picture of of his son i think like in an angel's uniform or he's in an angel's <laughs> uniform but he was like uh, all right yeah. blue jays uniform rather and he was uh talking about maybe his son being the one that would sign and so he had some fun with it for sure but uh yeah that was uh that was weird and and i gotta say weird. i was getting my hopes up that the plane heading to san francisco had otani on it but no alas it did not uh and then it was like radio silence until Otani puts it out on Instagram that he's uh, going to be joining the Dodgers. And at that moment, like, as you said, Ben, the likelihood of him signing with the Giants was was low. But, it was
1: higher than for most other teams, but, but, yeah, you know, but it was when no you, better than
0: 20%. Exactly. When you're one of the five teams that's vying for it, you have a shot, a legitimate shot. And I was very hopeful, as I know a lot of Giants fans were. And so it was a little bit of a gut punch to see that and just know that it was over. Uh, However, I will say that the Dodgers have not acknowledged this as of our recording, mainly because there's still a physical. (laughs) <laughs> Pending, Pending physical. Well, <laughs> Well,
1: hey, hey, so hey, that hey, be hey the Dodgers, let me, let me time, put it this way. The guy the, this just had work. Tommy John surgery for the second time in his life. Okay? Yeah, that
0: physical should be alarming, right? I mean, yeah, it should yeah. be.
1: But you know what, Matthew? They're going to sign him.
0: They will, yeah.
1: Right? Right? Unlike unlike a certain organization who wouldn't.
0: Yes, yes. And, you know, it, it, it just goes to show, like... Thinking about, you know, just the money aspect of it, right? I mean, the Dodgers. I think we mentioned last week or two weeks ago that the Dodgers' television contract alone is worth like 150 million more a year than the Giants, and frankly, more than pretty much any major league team. And so, they've got this cash cow that they can just just dump in. And let's not even talk about how now. I mean, frankly. This contract is going to be revenue neutral for them because they're going to get at least that in Japanese, you know, sponsorships and and uh, interest, you know, over the life of this contract. So I don't think I think any team that had invested that kind of money in it, it was not going to be a bad decision because you're going to get these new revenue streams that you didn't have before. So it really does speak to the fact that I think, as you mentioned, Ben, he really just wanted to play for the Dodgers. And nothing that the giants were going to do was going to do anything. And so to me, like, does that, does that really, like I'm seeing a lot of like Farhan hate on social media. Does this really Farhan's like blame? I mean, is he to blame for this? I just, I feel like for this particular instance, I don't, I don't know if he's the one that should be the scapegoat for this.
1: Yes. I think he is to blame, but not in the way that most people would probably think. I don't think that Farhan... Like, like how can Ben say that? How, how can you say that, Ben? How, you said that you didn't expect them to. And I think even a couple of weeks ago, I literally said, it won't be Farhan's fault if they don't sign Otani. And that's true, because the past is the past. Like, given where we were, given that it is 2023, December of 2023, and, and everything that has happened in the past has already happened then no, I would say there was nothing really that the Giants could have done to sign Otani unless they offered way more money than everybody else, and that was clearly not the case, right? And yes. and so, and, and they weren't going to do that. And I, I certainly don't blame them for not offering a billion dollars because I think that's probably what it would have taken at this point. I don't blame them for not offering a billion dollars. However... Why does Shohei Ohtani want to be a Dodger? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons that maybe they want to be a Dodger, but it's because the Dodgers have won the NL West 10 out of the last 11 seasons. They are always in the playoffs. But not only that, they are constantly producing young, talented, all-star quality players From their minor leagues. But not only that, they are constantly acquiring the great players that are available, either via trade, which they can do because of their great farm system, but also through free agency. This is a team that perpetually puts itself in a position to win. And that is something that Farhan Zaidi has not built over the last five years. And so I think the only thing that an apologist for Farhan can say at this point to say that, well, is just like, well, the previous regime really, really screwed things to the pooch. You know, screwed them, screwed the pooch. And maybe they did, because I've read a lot. And, and apparently... The farm system, when the old regime left, was like not just the one of the worst at that time, but one of the worst ever. It was an absolute shambles. So people today say. Some people. But my point is, is that like the only way that you would, the Giants would have had a chance to get Otani is if they had put together a consistent formula for winning over the last, last few seasons, and they haven't done that. And that is definitely Farhan Zaidi's fault. So in that sense, yes, Farhan is to blame. But that's really the only way he is to blame. I don't think there's anything that Farhan could have done in the last three months to make Shohei Otani a a giant. And I don't think there's anything that anyone could have done other than the Dodgers. Yeah. And it sounds like if the Dodgers didn't do what they did, he'd be a Blue Jay. So, so no, I don't think that there's anything that Farhan could have done in the near term, but he could have made the Giants a winner over the last five years. And, and maybe that would have helped,
0: but he hasn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that there are some missteps along the way, although I, I do hear that uh, Shohei just, just really loves Dodger dogs. And that was, you yeah, know, that was the deciding factor. Well, that's uh, ridiculous. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, we'll say the
1: Dodger dogs probably better food than anything the Giants have.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I wonder did, did they have garlic fries? Like when they when they wooed him, did they like Yeah, and he was some? probably, "Why like, are these so waxy and I, cold?" Yeah, well, that was <laughs> the last ones that I had. Yeah, were waxy uh,
1: yeah, and cold. So. yeah, they gave um, him some garlic fries from the garlic fry stand and they were waxy and cold, and yeah, he was like, "Ooh."
0: That was it. That was it. Uh But I yeah, I do think that uh, you know, Farhan's um I think his missteps number 1 is not signing Gosman. I think like if if, if If we sign Gosman, then you have a legitimate number one slash two pitcher to go along Logan Webb, which we're trying to get right now. Right. And so, uh, you know, just that kind of um, that move there alone, I think, makes a difference between a playoff contender and not. I mean, the Giants were only a handful of games out. I think Gosman is the difference there. Uh, I think you could say that Gosman,
1: if they had had Gosman the last two years, they might have made the playoffs the last two years.
0: Totally. I think that's possible. I think the plus 2022,
1: possible. that's more plausible than, than this than last year. year. Yeah. But, but who knows? Because they kind of did quit in their heads. So so maybe if they were in a better position in August, September wouldn't have been so miserable and Kapler wouldn't have gotten fired. So, so I really think the Gosman, you're right, the Gosman failure to sign Gosman might have been the reason the Giants didn't make the playoffs the last two years. And then they would have made it three years in a row, and that's the kind of record they could have presented to Otani.
0: Totally. And, and I think that, uh, I mean, as, as we look at the, 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 the history of, of the Giants, um, you know, I don't feel like, like the last power left-handed hitter, the Giants signed via free agency was Barry Bonds. Right. And so, right. so to say that this is Farhan's problem, I don't, I don't think so. I think this is a a problem that goes deeper than that. And, and, you know, namely Oracle Park. Being to blame. Uh, I think it's hard to sell somebody, look at this 24-foot wall that you have to hit home runs over. Like, isn't that exciting? Yes, if you do, you get to hit it into the water and we'll put a little number up on the board. But, but you probably yeah, won't. sorry that we'll lose 10 home runs a year because of this wall. You know, I I think that's a hard sell. And I think that the history, I think we have to come to Uh, terms with that because uh, as much as we try to downplay that that is that is real
1: I I do agree on this point I think the Giants and, and, and a lot of Giants fans get really really excited about left handed power hitters and left handed power hitters look at Oracle Park and say hmm I'd rather not And this has always confused me and confounded me. Like, I don't understand why we always go so hard for these left-handed power hitters and people don't get excited about right-handed power hitters. Because, you know, like... (sighs) Ellis Burks. Rich Aurelia. Jeff Kent. I mean, Andres Galarraga. Yeah. So my point is, is that like right handed power hitters can thrive in this ballpark. And those are the ones that we should be pursuing. Those are the ones that we should be getting excited about. So I do believe that Oracle is to blame. And I don't know if it was to blame for Otani specifically, because I did make the argument last week that, you know, he also would have been able to pitch there as a right handed pitcher. You know, maybe he took both of those things into account and they kind of canceled each other out rather than one being a benefit enough to make him sign there. But, you know, the point is, or or maybe all of these things combined together. But I definitely think that Oracle is a problem, especially for left-handed power hitters. So maybe we should stop pinning all of our hopes on left-handed power hitters. And maybe we should focus on right-handed power hitters. (laughs) Who can hit home runs. In Pac Bell Park, especially if you pull the ball, right? Like it is very live down the left field line. So, you know, I, I I mean, yes, the park is to blame.
0: Yeah, and I and I think it's not just the park though, it's it's the city, right? I mean, because then you've got, you know, uh it's let's they it, said we've been to games where it's just miserable sitting out there with the wind cold and, and windy. The, the fog and you know all that and and so you know it's not la you know no. it's 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 not sunny Chavez ravine you know and and I think that you know as beautiful as the park is as wonderful of a fan experience it is and I've been to both parks I mean Oracle kicks the crap out of Dodger stadium, you know, uh, in terms of ambiance and all of that, but let's face it, you know, it's not as fun to watch a game in 50 degree, 40 degree, cold and rainy weather. When, when, when you can go down South and be 10 degrees warmer, you know? So I feel like, and, and then just the, the whole, and then San Francisco as a whole, when you combine it or when you're comparing it rather to LA, as much as we love the Bay Area, Ben, I feel like, let's face it, L.A. has the allure. So are you saying is the city to blame? Yeah. I mean, I feel like okay. I feel like that's part of it. Right. Because well, right. Otherwise, you got to live in Danville, you know, yeah. or whatever, and then commute to the park because people don't want to live in the city.
1: Well, OK, so so first of all, OK, I do want to talk about one counterpoint, though, like Chavez Ravine is not exactly a, a hitter's park. Right. Dodger Stadium is not exactly a hitter's park. But I do think it plays more fair for lefties. Right.
0: Yeah. because You got that short, low right. right field. Yeah.
1: And I will just say that playing in L.A. in terms of climate is nicer. Right. It's just it's warmer there. It's more comfortable there. You're not going to have as many cold days where the ball just like, you know, dies in the sky. Those do happen at Dodger Stadium, but just not as often. And also, I will say he has familiarity with the climate in the area because that's where he spent the rest of his, you know, Major League Baseball career. Yeah. So so so. But but are you asking, like, is the big city to blame? And I do think that there is certainly an allure to L.A. and to New York that no other metropolitan area has not Chicago, not San Francisco, not Toronto, all of these are world-class cities, beautiful, fantastic places to live, right? A lot of people once they do live there never want to leave in many of these places. But at the you know at the same time, right? Look, we all know that New York and LA have a pull to them. And yes, that pull doesn't exist the same for San Francisco. But my counterpoint to that would be then why aren't isn't everybody clamoring to play for the Angels? with the exception of Shohei Ohtani himself <laughs> one of the strangest <laughs> decisions that I've ever seen i mean this is a man who makes weird decisions clearly because he picked the angels when he first came to major league baseball but 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 that is my counter argument what about the angels right if, if la is so great what about the clippers you know if la is so great why did the nfl leave there for 20 years you know so i i mean yes there is an allure But at the same time, like, if that allure was a bulletproof, then these other organizations would be just as desirable. So, like, I don't know.
0: Right. And yeah. The other thing yeah I, I mean, that makes sense. I feel like I feel like yes. Right. Because I mean, the Clippers are the Clippers. Right. The uh, the Angels. Oh, well, yeah. But they're the
1: L.A. Clippers. They're the
0: Los okay. Angeles Clippers. Okay. So so the city isn't the only thing, but 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 it's part of it, right? If you're gonna choose between, I don't know, Kansas City and L.A., you're def- and and you're definitely choosing L.A. even if it's the Clippers, right? I, right. I just and, and so the, the city makes a difference. But I think, you know, the organization is the key. I mean, you know, the Angels haven't won anything forever. Right. Uh, and so, so you know, I, I, the, the, the fact of the matter is, as you mentioned before, the Dodgers have uh, 10 plus years of of winning you know, divisions uh, right. to show for their success. And right. so, it's, you know, that's, that's got to be part of it as well.
1: Right. Well, I mean, yeah, let I me mean, just finish off. Like, I don't think the Bay Area is a problem in general. If it's a problem, it's only a problem in Major League Baseball, right? It's yeah. not a problem for the 49ers. It's not a problem for the Warriors. I, I, I honestly, I have not paid close attention to the Sharks because, like, I'm just not—I'm just kind of boycotting the NHL in general just because of reasons. But, like, that don't have anything to do with sports. But, like— Certainly, I know for a long, long time, a lot of people in the NHL wanted to play in San Jose, not just because of the, an organization that was always good, but because they wanted to live in the Bay Area. And I know a lot of people who grow up here that, you know, they want to come back. Players that come up through these organizations, you know, good, you know, the, the one organization that used to be here that was good at creating players, at good at player development, the A's, because the Giants suck at player development, But the A's, you know, a lot of those players would love to come back to the Bay Area and would have signed with the A's if the A's did that sort of thing, but they didn't. So I don't think there's a problem with the Bay Area in general. Maybe there is something in Major League Baseball, but if it is, I don't think it's because of our culture or because of, you know, the city. I think it's probably because of something like airplane travel, (laughs) right? Because, like, it is, like, other than Seattle... Like, this is the hardest city to reach when mm-hmm. you're a Major League Baseball player. So so that might have something to do with it. But I think, really, the biggest problem facing the San Francisco Giants right now is that the Dodgers are a better brand than the Giants. Players and people in general... Recognize and connect more with the LA Dodgers brand than they do with the San Francisco Giants brand, and I think well, that probably I, I, includes Shohei Otani.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, what is the Giants brand? Uh, hi, mediocre players where you can get. <laughs> we only,
1: against... uh, we're only interested in you if there's something wrong with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> we will never overpay for you. And, and in fact, if we are paying you, it's probably because we're underpaying you. And, uh, and if we do overpay you, we're going to look for every way to back out of it and get out of it. That's the <laughs> Giants brand right now, I think, amongst Major League Baseball players. Right, If we're interested in you, it means there's something wrong with you. And if we find out there's something wrong with you that we didn't know about, then we're going to want to renegotiate this contract. I'm sorry, kid. (laughs) We don't overpay here. I mean, that's the San Francisco Giants brand. I think that a lot of people think of the San Francisco Giants still as this organization that won three World Series in five years. But folks, we're about to go into the 2024 season, which is 10 seasons away from that last World Series title. This is just that's not our brand anymore. Nobody looks at the San Francisco Giants anymore and says perennial winners. I think yeah. the only people who think that are San Francisco Giants fans and
0: employees. Yeah, well, it's been almost a decade since our last, you know, World Series championship. So, I think there are people who still kind of hold on to that. I think, you know, the other thing that you've you left out on the brand is that, you know, we're a bunch of uh, platoon hitting players who, you know, you only you'll get to play half the games because of, you know, depending on who's pitching. And so, you know, those kind of, uh, and that's something that the giants have kind of made for themselves because they were trying to be competitive while they were field a team. Maybe they should have just tanked like the Astros and, uh, you know, and, and racked up some higher draft positions and, you know, not paid anybody. And, uh, you know, we'd be in the same position that we are now, except we'd have a better farm system.
1: Maybe you're right. I mean, I, I do think that is. I mean, there there's probably a lot of people out there that look at the San Francisco Giants and say, oh, their brand is cheap baseball. Cheap wins. They're cheap. Yeah. You know, because when you're constantly hunting through the bargain bin and you're not giving out big contracts, like, even if that's the right thing to do or even if they're, you're trying to but you're not, like, you know, you and, aren't. Well,
0: Do you really want to be seen, like, in the same vein as the Oakland A's? I mean, that's kind of where you're at, right?
1: Well, I mean, unfortunately, Matthew, now that's what they can be. Like, I'm very, very worried about where this brand could go. But maybe that's a conversation for a future show. But now that the Giants are going to be the only show in town, so to speak, the only show in multiple cities, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, they can do a lot of things. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that is.
0: You're right. That is an episode, another episode. But uh, okay. so one thing to remember is that the offseason isn't over. Right. We still have uh, just just Shohei Otani, uh, maybe Aaron Nola. If you you know, there's only been a handful of signings. So the free agent market is still available to the Giants. How do we salvage? 2024, what is, what needs to happen in order to be competitive next year without someone like Shohei Otani?
1: Well, one name that we brought up last week is also gone via trade, and that is Juan Soto. He went to the Yankees.
0: The Yankees.
1: The Yankees. And of course, you know, like there's another one of these teams are like, oh, the Yankees, blah, 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 blah. They got all this money, but they traded for him. Right. Like, which is the same way that the Dodgers got bets a few years ago. It's like it's not just that these teams have a lot of money and they're able to get these things, you know, these things done with money. They're also able to get these things done with their farm systems, which any team should be able to do. But anyway, Soto is gone. I don't know that the Giants were ever. That was ever a possibility.
0: Yeah, I, I think that was a long shot being within the division. I, I think the last well, thing especially in the after we'd stolen their manager.
1: Just like, (laughs) just like, nah, it was probably never a possibility. But my point is, is like, this is a bad, like this off season, there's not a lot of good talent available. right? Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like Otani was, you know, probably one of the best ever. But after that, it's a drop off to Yamamoto, who everybody says he's the best pitcher on the planet. But it's a big, that's a maybe. Right. We don't actually know, but he's the next target on the list. And then everybody knew that Soto was available. Right. So he was even though he wasn't a free agent, everybody knew that you could trade for him. And and so I think those were the three really big difference makers. And now two of them are gone. (sighs) So. For me, as a fan who really, really wants this regime to demonstrate that they can land the big fish and not throw it back.
0: (laughs) They really need to get Yamamoto. Yeah, agreed. Because I feel like, I mean, well, we were one game under 500 this last year. Uh we did that with a forever changing lineup or, or rotation I should add, uh with uh, a lot of uh, bullpen games, right? And so some stability, uh, some high end, what's that? Like 40% of our yeah, games. Right. Yeah, right. Game. Yeah, too many. Too many. And and I think, you know, with uh the Giants could make an immediate impact uh, just by adding one or two solid pitchers and some of that might be someone like Kyle Harrison just maturing but uh, no, the other no. but the other part of the, the other part of that is someone like Yamamoto or Blake Snell who you know could be an immediate difference maker. Uh, I feel like, you know, if the Giants are going to pivot, that has to be the the very first thing, because, you know, I think as you were mentioning, maybe even off air is that, you know, pitching and defense win championships. And if you're not going to get the big uh, the big hitter, then, yeah, we need to focus on on uh, the pitching staff. And, right. and so and we've got clearly we have money to spend. And really, uh, you know, and I was doing I was when we were talking about Barry Zito earlier, I was looking him up. And he signed a seven-year, $126 million contract in 2006. That would be worth $215 million this year for seven years. Which
1: so, would if, be a steal.
0: Which would be a 10-year, $300 million contract for someone like Yamamoto, so the Giants have done this type of, of contract in the past, and they ended up winning World Series, be, you know, not maybe because of it, but because but they still managed to win a couple of World Series while paying someone that kind of money. So I don't, I said, don't be afraid of this. Go spend three hundred million dollars on Yamamoto. Right.
1: Well, I I will. Okay. Like, how do we salvage twenty twenty four? I mean, like, first of all, for me as a fan, like, I just need this regime to demonstrate that they can develop marquee players. Players whose names I want to put on my back. Right? Like I want to buy their jersey. And they have not done that yet. Like I think the player that is closest that this regime has 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 gotten is 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 Yaz. Right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a guy whose jersey I would buy. But that's it. That's the closest. You know?
0: And Well, you got you got like Patrick Bailey and Kyle Harrison who maybe. No, I will not buy
1: I don't want their jerseys yet. They haven't proven themselves yet. Maybe Webb I would get. But
0: maybe by the end of 2024,
1: maybe Maybe. they can convince you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But what I want this team to do is get the big fish, and so I want them to sign Yamamoto. For me, like getting the big fish, there's only one name left. There is only one name left. Like If they don't get that big name, then I'm going to be extremely disappointed in this regime yet again. However, however... I will say this, like, I would say even to future disappointed Ben, even if they don't get Yamamoto, there is still a way that this team could be competitive in 2024, and that is if they go out and they get another marquee starting pitcher like Snell on free agency or maybe like Corbin Burns via trade, and they could still put together a great team team that is pitching and defense focused we do not have to get a big bat to win <laughs> like we don't
0: right no and and the dodgers are going to win 100 games right they're going to win at least 100 games right you don't with need to offense. win 100 games to make to make yeah with their offense you don't need to make win 100 games to get into the playoffs you need to win 88 Right? That's right 89 and so that's where we should be focusing our attention because once you get into the playoffs the Dodgers with all their offense right now are not set up to play uh to to do well in the playoffs because their pitching frankly sucks they haven't addressed their rotation
1: issues at all the their only hope right now is is that some guys come back from injury and and that's like
0: walker buer or evade the legal system <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I don't think they're gonna welcome him back. But but anyway, well, they got two. They got two. Two. That's that right. Like That's that. right. That's right. Two. Uh, you know, I mean, the point is, is that like the Dodgers have not repaired their rotation, and the Diamondbacks demonstrated that, like, you know, like the Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen and what's his name Kelly, <laughs> right, mowed them down. Because the Dodgers had squat on the mound. And they still have squat on the mound. I mean, they just spent $700 million. And in 2024, they're still going to have squat on the mound. They're still talking about bringing Kershaw back. Like, that is one of the names that they talk about and they get excited about for the Dodgers. And it's just like, it's it's ludicrous. Their bull, Their rotation is in shambles. And so absolutely... If you go out and get a top tier starting pitcher and add him to the current rotation that we already have, then you have the potential to have an 86, 87 win team that makes the playoffs and then mows through the 104 win Dodgers because they have Jack Diddley on the mound. And that's, you know, that is a formula that could absolutely happen. And so that, and that could happen even if they don't get Yamamoto. That could happen if they get Snell or Burns or some other combination that doesn't include Lucas Giolito.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I think it boils down to is that and this is a big if because we haven't seen it so far is that Farhan needs to overpay somebody. But overpay <laughs> that's right farhan farhan overpay. Overpay. okay like don't somebody. worry about whether it's the in the market overpay for yamamoto okay he doesn't want to come maybe he's on the fence about joining the giants make it worth his while All right. And I just that is the part where I feel like is the missing piece to all this is that sometimes that whole phrase, you got to go big or go home. I'm tired of going home, Farhan. Go big. That's right. Spend the money. That's right. You got to overpay
1: somebody. And and Farhan Zaidi doesn't overpay anyone. But that's the problem.
0: We're not we're not in a position where people are going to join us if we're paying market rate. Okay, so now you've got to overpay because you put yourself in this situation because you wouldn't
1: overpay for the past five years.
0: Right. If you'd overpaid Bryce Harper, we wouldn't be talking about this. If you
1: quote unquote overpaid Gosman, which actually wouldn't have been overpaying, we wouldn't be in this situation.
0: So like, at some point, learn the lesson, learn the lesson. And at some point you got to overpay for the great players, for the right. players that will make you better. You have to pay more than you want. Not Cody
1: Bellinger Not because Cody it's Bellinger. not power we need. It's defense right. that we need.
0: So so, so in maybe, that case, may, Chapman. maybe Chapman, right? Yeah. You know?
1: <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line like that. And, and I think that's the story. Why do we have a hard time getting free agents? Because we haven't gotten free agents. <laughs> right. And And like, and it's not just like any free agent. It's the free agents that matter. Okay. Yeah. Because it's hard to build a team via free agency. But there are some free agents out there that are real difference makers. And you know they are.
0: Yeah. Ask, the, yeah. ask the Phillies what they think.
1: <laughs> right. Right. About the, 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 the commitments they made to, to Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos, who in year one of his contract with them looked like a total bust, but in year two was an absolute difference maker. Yeah. Maybe we maybe we should have overpaid for the right-handed power hitting Nick Castellanos instead of giving the bargain basement deals with Conforto. But no, can't overpay. No, we can't. We can't. Ugh. You know, it's not your money, Farhan. It's not your money. Overpay. Like you guys are raking it in with those real estate deals and all that sort of stuff, and, and, and you won't spend twenty percent more than, than you think a guy is worth because it I don't know, it hurts your pride or something. Is this ridiculous? Overpay. Get it done. I don't I can't believe we're saying this for five years now. And somehow we're the crazy fans? God, what does got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop a blood vessel, Matthew.
0: <laughs> I'm just waiting, you know, for Larry Bearer to you know, admit that, you know, you know, to come out and tell us that we, we, we need to. We just... we just
1: need to wait for the light bulb to go on.
0: Exactly. exactly. I mean, I'm sitting here bulbs, in the dark,
1: on. Larry. I'm sitting in the dark.
0: <laughs> I am not.
1: I'm in a well-lit room right now because I'm no <laughs> idiot. All right, Matthew. Well, listen, we still got a few minutes left. And it's sitting here. It's looking at me in the face. And, and we just talked about what the Giants can do to salvage this season. And it's sign Yamamoto or, or maybe even not. Sign Snell. You know, acquire some other starting pitching, right? Focus on pitching and defense, which is a situation that would actually allow you to let some of your younger players even play a lot of time at the major league level because they're better at defense. Like players, young players are better at defense before they are at hitting. And so maybe you could even see if some of those kids could develop, right? As long as they're, you're not putting a second baseman in center field, <laughs> right? With, like you did with Brett Wisely. But here's the thing, Matthew. There is a distinct possibility that the Giants end the offseason, go into spring training, with nothing but Lucas Giolito and I don't know Satsuga, the the guy that they just signed to a minor league contract. You know, missing out on Yamamoto and Snell, not able to put together a trade package for for Corbin Burns if he's even available. That feels really possible at this point. Like to me, that feels like a more likely than not scenario, quite frankly. What do we do as fans if this free this if this off season yet again turns out to be a total bust? What do we do with farhan farhans?
0: Yeah, I don't see free agency is such a weird thing. And I, I feel like, you know, we, we, every year we kind of judge free agency based on who got signed, where, and, and I, I certainly feel like there would be some frustration if, if, you know, I, cause it wouldn't just be Lucas Giolito, right? I mean, the, the giants aren't going to just do that, right? They're going to sign someone, right? Like whether it's, I don't know Harrison Bader in center field or right. someone. You know, no, I mean, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna make some moves, and so it's it's All hard the, to the be Lucas, like
1: the Lucas Giolito equivalence,
0: right? And so on one hand, it's easy to kind of be armchair GM and be like, "Oh, those sucked," and you know, we're doomed. On the other hand, you gotta wait through the season, and so I feel like we're kind of like you talked about the deja feudalist. I feel like, you know, last year before the season, we were talking about when would we go to a Giants game? And I was, I, frankly, I went to a game the last week of the season. Right. I went to one and, before you did. The pessimist. Yeah, and and so so I, I feel like that's where I would be. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, they suck and there's just no way. Because I don't know. But I will be like, I'm not excited enough to buy a ticket. Yeah. And I, I, I you know. Think- I agree that's 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 where I'm at like I just I I will love the Giants I'm going to watch them I'm going to root for them but I'm not going to be like oh we sucked and all that because I just don't know but I do know that if that's the if that's the free agent hall they bring in then it wouldn't excite me enough to go out and buy tickets for opening day well I mean don't get like I will absolutely tell them that they suck like
1: I will absolutely roast this front office again if they have another offseason where they don't they don't get somebody.
0: Yeah. And well, I
1: absolutely, I will, and I will, and I'll rub the fact that they turned a guy down that they did get last year in their faces. Like, I absolutely will roast them because they deserve it. They deserve to be roasted. I, I don't know, like, I have been a manager and an executive for a long time, and I do not tolerate people who don't do what they're supposed to do and say, but I'm capable of doing it. Like, no, I'm a results-based person, and you are not delivering the results. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop being a Giants fan, though. But I, so, so just like you, yeah, like I, I'm not going to buy tickets if they don't give me a reason to buy tickets. In you know, in the early season, the way you get me to buy tickets in the early season is by having a good off season, or by having a good previous season. The way you get me to buy tickets later in the season is by winning or having interesting players, interesting stories. You know, interesting things on the field. So so as a fan what I would like to see them do is allow the young kids to play. And I really so at the same I don't like it we talk about how oh, bringing in Giolito and Harrison Bader and like all I see is a bunch of blockers blocking the way of the young players. Because if this Regime cannot deliver in free agency than it has to deliver via player development. And maybe it does take five years to rebuild from where the last regime left the farm system. Maybe it does. But I think at this point, they should be producing new players every year.
0: Yeah. And I think we're, we're finally at that moment. We saw a lot of young guys come up last year. Some of them had flashes. Uh, but none of them really, outside of maybe Bailey and right. Harrison, uh, really kind of look like they are they could be there to stay. Uh, but, you know, I think, yeah, we're there, right? This is the the time where yeah. these players now need to kind of show us as fans and the Giants as a team that they're ready to contribute. Because, obviously, we're not getting it done on the free agent market. Yeah. And we need to, you know, the other options. Out, the only other avenue through that is our own development. And so it's time. It's time. It's time. And- right.
1: You, you can't, you got to stop putting these third tier free agents out on the field. Like stop with the baiters and the confortos and the, you know, I don't want to throw Hanniger in there yet because I, I I do feel like, well, I don't know. The guy's been injury prone two years in a row. Maybe he's just going to always be hurt. So, you know, yeah, maybe you got to stop with that too. Just stop with all that. Right. Because the, the only thing that you have left. To demonstrate your skill and your ability is your is player development, and it's time to start showing me those players because otherwise you have nothing to tell me. You have nothing to make me want to just play Minecraft instead of watching the Giants play, <laughs> right? You don't, and and yeah. I'm quite frankly, right. that is what you're competing against. Yeah. You know, you're in the, the very entertainment least... business. Entertain me,
0: right, right, and at the very least, serve hot the uh, garlic fries.
1: That too, right? Like if I do go to a game, they can't be cold, they can't be waxy.
0: For crying Ugh. out loud! <laughs> At least there's there's more opportunities for cocktails, so give them that. <laughs> <laughs> they they do have a lot of cocktails.
1: A lot of a lot of well stuff though, guys. A lot of well stuff. You know, I mean the Jim Beam and
0: yeah, yeah you, know, you know what I'm talking right.
1: about. Come on,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. let's move up let's, right. up. let's move up a level. All right, well, I think it's time for the trivia question answer here as we wind this thing down. The question was, uh, on December 29, 2006, the Giants signed this free agent pitcher who some pundits declare one of the worst free agent signings of all time. Now... You know, normally when we mention a trivia question, we don't mention the guy's name like two or three times during the actual <laughs> podcast. Uh, but we did this time, and so well, I mean, he's were... one of
1: the most important free agents that the Giants have signed in the last twenty years. It's him <laughs> and Barry Bonds.
0: Yes, yes, and so uh, it was Barry Zito. Uh, was signed to a seven-year, one hundred and twenty-six million-dollar contract. Uh, and some, like if you go on and Google like worst free agent signings of all time articles, uh Barry Zito is one of the ones that is always mentioned. Um, you know, which is weird because he won two World Series titles with the
1: Well, the okay. It's not weird. It's not weird because that first World Series title, he did not that nothing to do with Barry.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Nothing he was nine and fourteen that year. In two thousand twelve, he was fifteen and eight. Uh, what was interesting, though, is that ERA was always around four. Like he was never even three. The three years before he signed, he was his ERA was around four.
1: They, you know, I don't know. That regime was weird. You know, he won. Was Cy, he won Cy Young awards. They they were signing for the awards, and I think yeah, they were signing right. because he was a Bay Area n- name. I I don't know. People make weird decisions. Like it just didn't make no sense. But 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 at the same time. Like that first World Series title, he wasn't much of a factor, but they don't win the second World Series without him. And yeah. so, it, you know, you look at one hundred twenty-six million dollars, and he says, "Is it worth it for one game? For one World Series? It's yeah, not game, even one, one World, World, Series. World Series. It's like one game, one game,
0: right? Yeah. Like, but as a starting pitcher, that's your role,
1: right? But at this, yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of fans would probably say, like, yeah it was worth it because if if he doesn't pitch that game in the National League Championship series to get the Giants back to San Francisco they don't win that World Series right right i mean that yeah. World Series comes down to that one game and so in a lot of ways his whole contract come down comes down to that one game and we're all kind of like of course it doesn't of course it's not worth it of course it's not but at the same time we count World Series titles as being the pinnacle of the success of a team, right? And the San Francisco Giants have more of those than most other organizations. Yeah. Right? And in this in this century, only one other team has more. So so maybe it was worth it.
0: <laughs> and, and I bring that up, too, because the contract is important. And I mentioned earlier, you know, seven years, 126. I actually did like what was what. So right now in 2023, giant or Major League Baseball players on average made 70 percent more than what they were making in 2006. Right. Well, and so if you extrapolate that out, that's a 215 million dollar contract, which is 30 million dollars a year. And so the Giants could offer ten years for a twenty-five-year-old Yamamoto, and uh, at three hundred million, and it would be the, basically the same contract that they signed Barry Zito, and they they you know so I, the Giants can do this, and well, I just I, it, I don't I, you know people are out there going oh well, it's a lot of money for a pitcher or whatever, no, but I'm like you know sign it overpay Farhan man, I mean, overpay. you you
1: got to get your head out of all this stuff and 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 people talk about all these things, but with like. With the growth of the industry plus inflation, these contracts get cheaper and cheaper as they go on. Absolutely. $700 million for Shohei Ohtani will be big for a long time. But there will be people who approach that contract over the next 10 years. And in a lot of ways, if he produces at the level that we think he should, a lot of people will look at that contract and be like, oh, that was reasonable. Yeah, yeah. So, like... Yeah, like stop worrying about certainly anybody who isn't the San Francisco Giants. Stop worrying about how much money it is, it's not your money, right? Like, and every and for the San Francisco Giants, it's just going to be like whatever you pay him, it's going to be worth it. <laughs> it's going to be worth it, right? Yeah, like even this, the Barry Zito, the worst contract in history. If that contract didn't get done the Giants don't have one of their rings. The worst contract in free agent history. If it doesn't happen, the Giants don't win a World Series. So, you know what? Spend the money, Farhan! Overpay!
0: All right. On that note, Ben, uh, we should be looking ahead. Uh, We got uh, happy hour coming up on Thursday. What are you drinking?
1: Ooh, Matthew, I am drinking a champagne cocktail. We're getting, it's a classic. We're getting down to basics. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Be there. All right. I am drinking a kind of daiquiri slash tinky drink called the parasol. And uh, it is a lovely, lovely cocktail. So uh, join us on Thursday for happy hour and you can learn all about those drinks. Uh, Also, don't forget to follow us on the socials at Giant Cocktails on the platform formerly known as Twitter, as well as threads and Instagram. And Mastodon, you can find us on all of those where we post our recipes and, um, you know, try and uh, have some fun on on the socials. So follow us on those. Uh, Also, don't forget to rate us on the podcast player of your choice. A nice five star rating would be wonderful. It really does help the show. Uh, Until then, uh, Ben, um, until next week, I think we should wrap this up. It's been great talking to you. Cheers, my friend
1: cheers matthew
0: goodbye everybody goodbye thank you for listening to the giant cocktails podcast until next time bottoms up Foodily do, <sighs> foodily tata pa What am I going to do with all this sake? What?
1: what? Why do you have a lot of sake? Because
0: I thought this is I should you be first the first Jap- I heard. Japanese uh, cocktails. I was, uh, I was already man. I, uh, you, sake you, and
1: you bought sake because. Yeah. What the fuck's the matter with you?